Hello, everybody. Welcome. Oh, we're going all right. Going. Welcome we're to Rolling. What? With a Mead Boat Podcast. I was getting there, but you kept talking. <laughs> oh, did I? <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Media Boat Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Today is Wednesday, September 9th, 2020. I almost said 2019. I mean, 9919 was a beautiful day. I, I as wish we all remember. I wish we Everyone could. remembers where they were when that date happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. I do. At work, probably. Probably. Uh, <laughs> um, if you don't know what we are, if you're not familiar with Media Boat Podcast, we are a podcast that brings you news and thoughts about the newest releases in film, television, music, and video games. Actually, in that order. I don't know yeah, why. Yeah, you did it right. I don't know why you paused, but you did it right. In that order, because I think I realized I was doing it correctly instead of incorrectly, <laughs> like usual. Um, my name is Matt. His name is Mike. I'm Mike. He's Matt. And we are going to get this rolling. It might not be a long show, but damn, do we have some good news to get through. Yeah, we have some stuff that we've been waiting a long time to talk about, uh, both in a lot of different ways. Um, I have not stopped moving since 7 a.m., so I'm exhausted, but I'm hoping to get through this one, power through it. I'll I'll inject you with some news, and the first bit of news is we have a box office. We actually have box office numbers. Now, Hallelujah. If that doesn't make you dance, I don't know what it what does. Caveat, as you know from weeks and weeks and weeks and talking about this, we knew some version of this week was going to happen because Warner was intent on releasing Tenet this week and not delaying it any further. So we knew that there was going to be some sort of turnout. We knew, though, that the turnout was not going to be big. We weren't going to see, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars flying around we knew that if there was going to be numbers this week, they would be conservative. And sure enough, that has panned out. So, number one at the box office, of course, you know, it doesn't take a rocket rocket scientist to tell you that it's Tenet uh, with $20.2 million. So yeah, last week, rewind a bit, we had a over-under prediction based on the number we were that was being tossed around by speculation, which happened to be exactly 20 million dollars so this hit right in the bullseye so you barely win that it, it's one of the uh the jumper goes right over the bar and he's like oh just yeah. a bit yeah just just over um so yeah not amazing numbers it's exactly the numbers they thought they were going to see for a turnout during a pandemic they were who they thought they were yeah number two coming in way behind uh Tenet, and number two here is The New Mutants, the other big theatrical release that is not available anywhere else. And that made $3 million in its second proper weekend in theaters with $11.7 million total domestic. Right. It Usually, we would have been counting this as the number one film. Yeah. But it literally had zero competition. So, (laughs) apples and oranges. Speaking of zero competition, the rest are the dredges, whatever they were able to, whatever else was in the theaters at the time. With number three, Unhinged, with only $1.8 million. That has an $11.4 million domestic total so far. Number four, the also available on digital, so why go out and see it, Bill and Ted Face the Music, which I talked about two weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, which made $770,000. That's at $2.2 million for theatrical release domestically. 
And lastly, number five, SpongeBob the movie Sponge on the Run, which I didn't even realize was still getting a theatrical release. Um, made 345000 That's sitting at 3.3 total for its theatrical run, which I think maybe has been three or four weeks. Yeah. Now, we won't probably keep this up because no, no studio release will be happening for the rest of the month. And nothing's going to pass Tenet at $20 million, even if it did. Right, and even as Tenet drops and theaters reopen, yeah, movie um, studios are not distributing any proper film until, hey, what do you know, Wonder Woman again, or yes. Warner Brothers again. Warner Brothers again is planning on releasing Wonder Woman 1984 on October 2nd. So that'll be our next uh, check-in moment to see how well that performs we could be in a very, very different world in November, on October 2nd, or we could more likely be exactly where we're at now. So we will check back in when that happens. All right, moving on from that, then we go straight into movie news. And our first story here is about new initiative, a new, I guess, uh, requirements, new requirements that will be required for uh, eligibility for the Academy Award uh, for uh, Best Picture. Yeah, they released these new guidelines late last night. And by late, I mean late for West Coast time. It was like 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter shortly after that. So that makes sense. Um, but yeah, so it's a part of what they're calling the Academy Aperture 2025 Initiative. Uh, the Academy has announced that new representation and inclusion standards will be required in order to be eligible in the Best Picture category. For specifically just so far, the 94th and 95th Oscars ceremonies, a film will submit a confidential Academy inclusion standards form to be considered for Best Picture. Beginning in 2024, though, for the 96th Oscars, a film submitting for Best Picture will, be, will mean, need to meet the inclusion thresholds by meeting two of the four standards. In case you're wondering what those are. What are those standards? Um, yeah, so they're laid out as A, B, C, and D standards. Yeah. yeah, so Academy President David Rubin and Academy CEO Don Hudson said in a joint statement, quote, the aperture must widen to reflect our diverse global population in both the creation of motion pictures and in the audiences who connect with them. So to achieve standard A, the first bit here, the film must meet one of the following criteria. One, at least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. Two, at least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from at least two underrepresented groups. Three, the main storylines, theme, or narrative of the film is centered on an underrepresented group. Underrepresented group, I should say. Then the standards B through D are basically about below-the-line workers in the production companies maintaining diverse group representation for those underrepresented groups. Right. This can be, range anything between art design, set design, makeup artists, to yep. CEOs of production companies who help distribute and or um, help finance a film. Yeah. It also in the D category represents um, publicity of having publicists and marketing teams 
and even, get this, interns that meet a diverse group. Yeah. So there's two takes here. I think that the easy one is, well, the A section here is the part that people were pressuring the academy to, to include. Getting more diversity on screen is the diversity that, that is more visible and easier to see by the average person. If you have more underrepresented groups in your Best Picture nominees, more people are likely to watch the Academy Awards ceremony, which is key for, you know, all these years that we've been told that it's been under, underperforming ratings-wise. Hashtag Oscar so white. Exactly. And number two is it's just better for the industry as, as a whole to get the ball rolling on stories about these underrepresented groups that are not being like having movies made about them all the time. But the other take I've seen and where I'm kind of landing on this is, is it really enough though? Because you only have to qualify for one of these letters. And if B through D is about the production, I saw a lot of people on Twitter being very dismissive and being like, well, you can have like maybe two, two like uh, black grips and count. Um, yeah, it's weird because, yes, you're supposed to meet two of the four, but if three of the four are below the line, not represent, not really the face of the film, yeah, it's kind of easier to skirt by it. I think someone actually went on Twitter to basically refute that, yes, all these films would actually meet yes. requirements that have already been made. Yeah, if you go back and look, most of the Best Picture winners have passed this line. Like, it's a pretty low bar, all things considered. It's really that A. If they had just made that A required to be one of the two that they're passing, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But the fact that that A is optional and is supported by the, the production part of it, Though, I want to make clear, I am not saying it is a bad thing that they're encouraging diversity below the line. Of course, that's good. Of course, any diversity is great. Any sort of push towards making sure that there is inclusivity happening in any aspect of movie production, awesome. All there for it. But what I'm saying is, is that yes, you're correct. This is a low bar that plenty of best pictures have already passed, that they didn't even have to have this include, like, this being a required rule to pass. So that tells me that that means this is not going to change a whole lot. Green Book still wins if this is still the requirement. Well, Green Book still qualifies, doesn't necessarily yeah. mean they win. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's like, this is not preventing, this is not preventing much. This is not changing a whole lot. Um, so it'll be, I'm glad that they did something, but I don't know if it's quite enough. Yeah, I don't know if it's quite enough. I mean, if they went, you could either do A plus one B, C, or D, or B, C, and D without A. Mm -hmm. I think that would be more. But I think overall what they're trying to do is include more people in Hollywood because Hollywood isn't just yes. B, C, on screen. It's a yes. big industry. And I think that's what their goal is to affect all changes throughout industry. Because if you get people who become interns, who move their way up into companies, who start their own company, it's the ripple effect. Yes. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. Yeah. It's a long plan. They're playing the long game here. Yeah. But that you got to start somewhere, I guess. 
you know, you're not wrong. It does do that. But what I'm saying is, is that it does not do the thing that we had been wanting them to do, which is, was, would be the whole reason why they're out here making this a big PR thing, right? Is to be like, hey, we changed. You asked us to change and we did something. And so, yeah, I don't know if it's the thing, but it's something. It's a thing. Not J- that count? So it's a, a thing. All right. Let's move on to our second story here, uh, which is about a movie that I don't think will be nominated for Best Picture at the Academy Awards. Um, I don't but know. I could it, be wrong. It's from a franchise that caused the 10 uptick. Yeah, it's true. The 10 Best Picture uptick. I mean, it doesn't have a Joker in it that I know of, so nobody's going to win the Academy Awards for Best Actor or Supporting Actor, though. <laughs> anyway, The Batman. That is dun, dun, dun. Matt Reeves, Robert Battenson, Batman that we've been talking about on this podcast for a yep. while now. But uh, filming had um, res- uh, got a little bit of a pause, a little wrench thrown into it after it resumed production, which we talked about last week or two weeks ago. Uh, no, we had talked about Universal mm. on uh, Jurassic World being halted its production in Malta. Yes, after- but we after several production crews tested positive. But what I'm referring to is we specifically had a story about production starting on the Batman. Yes, production had started on the Batman. That's what I was talking about. But now it is not stopped. And here is why. As you mentioned, what happened with Jurassic World, same thing happened here. People on the production turned up positive with COVID-19. Uh, Deadline has confirmed that even the star of the film, Robert Pattinson, is a member of the team who tested positive for the virus, which means you have no Batman, you have no the Batman. (laughs) Following Batman's initial shutdown, Reeves told Deadline he had a quarter of the movie in the can already. That said, he delivered a teaser trailer during DC Fandom and reportedly has three months left on the shoot to go. So so three months, roughly 100 days, I'd say. So, so it'll be a ticking clock for them to make sure they get everybody healthy again, get back to production, and knock out those 100 days before release. Right, but because this is a Batman film, a lot of it is non-CGI, so you need to have your actors there. Especially... Your lead actor, probably. Thanks to Christopher Nolan, that is a very practical, effecty series <laughs> now. So they have to do a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we will certainly see what happens. Yep. But from what they've seen or what they've shown with the teaser trailer, it looked pretty good. I mean, if that's what they had for a quarter of a film done, I'm kind of excited to see what they get with the rest of it. Also, this also means that he needs. Robert Pattinson needs to get better. Yes. Yes. Maybe, possibly. Your start of the film needs to get better. You need boat wishes Robert Pattinson a speedy and healthy recovery for sure. All right. That's it for news this week. Did you see any movies? I watched the animated film Spies in Disguise. Okay. I'm guessing that your thoughts are not uh, like super positive on this because it's not even on the Google Doc. So. No, also it was last year's film, I believe. I was. Did that come out last year? Did that come out this year? I thought it was earlier this year. Huh. Hold on. Let me do a quick Google. Yeah, I thought that was last year. But anyways, as you do a quick Google to, as we determine 
um, what year that came out in. That was last year. My my bad. So that was last year. Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. So um, yeah, it's oh, it's literally like the most December twenty fifth of la- like Christmas of last year. So okay, days away from twenty twenty. So yeah, so last year. Last year. Um, but yeah, that is probably the most kid movie of kid movies I've seen. Yeah. Um, it's a Will Smith is um, animated spy who yep. gets transformed into a pigeon because Tom Holland, as a super geek, doesn't believe in actual violent technology. Uh-huh. So all of his gadgets are nonviolent equivalents. Uh-huh. Um, like a glitter bomb that heightens your endorphins. Or a inflatable hug, or like <laughs> turning people into pigeons because nobody notices pigeons. Right. Yeah. Or turning a silly, a silly string into super string, so it just freezes you there. Sure. All these non-violent entities in what would normally be a pretty violent film, because one of the running gags is, "Where's the explosion?" Oh, wait, the kid invented it, thus no explosion, but gets the job done in a very non-lethal way. Right. So, underlining subtext, maybe? Maybe. Don't know. Is it it entertaining? Is it funny? I was entertained. Uh, I thought being as a pigeon lasted for way too long. (laughs) But it had a heartfelt message that you don't need to be violent to get the job done also think outside the box so it had a positive outcome to it that i enjoyed well in these trying times i'll take it i'll take a positive outcome a happy ending for it being from blue sky studios it's one of the better films they've done okay which is not that high (laughs) but also (laughs) (laughs) but also like it's a pretty good family film like emphasis on the family kids. here good for young kids yeah definitely okay. good for young kids so this all add i'll suggest this to my sister for my niece yeah that's not right mm-hmm. and i i didn't watch anything new this week i just watched we watched uh bill and ted again so i've seen it twice now okay does it still <laughs> hold up yeah still good still okay. it. all right um, i was debating to go see tenet yeah don't do it no, uh, but real briefly on that, I was reading an article um, about someone from, I think, Hollywood Reporter who took his family and drove down four hours to see it in San Diego for the weekend in an AMC theater. And I'm just reading this thing like, you're putting your family at risk here for an article. You're spending them three hours in a car just to drive down to San Diego to spend money on this thing. Yep. Uh, is this really what you want? Because yeah. the whole thing isn't his review on it. It's his experience of getting to a theater that he could watch it in. <laughs> that in its own in its own way is a whole article already. Yep. Yeah, no. Uh, yep, our Media Boat podcast official word is still, we recommend people don't do that. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Uh, drive-in theater, maybe, but... Maybe. Yeah, We've heard it. audio issues are a thing with Tenet, so yeah. go with it what you will. Yeah, so we'll see. All right. 
let's move on out of movies then, now that we're done with that, and let's talk about television. We always start the television section with sports. Uh, and with sports, sports time. Sports happens. Sports, sports continue to happen. First up, though, horses. Remember horses. They race sometimes. Remember how the Kentucky Derby was supposed to happen and didn't? Yeah, the Kentucky Derby always happens the first weekend in May. Mm-hmm. And then it didn't because you can't have because pandemic. Yeah. Something got in the way. So yeah, instead of the first weekend of May, yeah, they changed it to the first weekend of September. No. It doesn't quite have the same ring to it, though. No, but yeah, so we have um, a Kentucky Derby uh, that happened, and we have a winner of the Kentucky Derby, a horse named Authentic. It was an authentic victory. It was an authentic victory. So congratulations to Authentic. Horse racing is still pretty skeevy. Moving on. (laughs) A little local story for you here. Mike Trout of our local Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I know they're not officially called that anymore, but I'm still going to call them that because... Because they made us call it that for like five years. Uh, Yes, it has a hit at long last. His 300th home run. Congratulations to Mike Trout. Yep, he is halfway to an Albert Pujols. Yeah, not bad. Actually, he's still under halfway because Pujols is like at two thirty. Yeah, he he continues to go. Yes, he continues to hit home runs. The thing about Pujols is he has not stopped yet, so <laughs> we'll see. Next up, the PGA Tour. Dustin Johnson has won the championship there, and he had like an eight-stroke lead going into the finals. So it was yeah. pretty much a cakewalk for him. Like, same's like it. In worldwide sports, Tokyo's postponed Olympics will go ahead next year, regardless of the coronavirus pandemic, says IOC Vice President John Coates, saying they would be, quote, the games that conquered COVID. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack here, (laughs) which, first of all, who knows where we'll be summer of 2021. Maybe there will still be a pressing need for safety safety regarding the pandemic, or maybe we will be all vaccinated and ready to compete again. I'm probably erring towards the first and not the second. Um, but regardless, it seems like that the IOC is already hemorrhaging money not having this event. And so the worst case scenario is that they're told they can't again. Um, of course, it's not just their decision, I would imagine. I would imagine that the Japanese government would have a say in whether these took place next year or not. So right, because it's but, taking place in the city of Tokyo. Yes. So probably them and also the country's athletes would have a say in, oh, Correct. I don't feel safe competing, or yes. you're making me wait another year. I'm going to train harder now, Yeah. possibly injure myself. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I would not. I would take what this man says with a enormous grain of salt because he does not have the authority to make these games happen. Well, he's they are planning for them to happen in 2021. But it sounds like with or without audiences, without yes, crowds. But, but regardless of audience, that's a whole lot of people to have. So well, a whole lot of people just to like yeah. have a hotel in Olympic Village. What I'm going to say is, that's what I was going to say, because, yeah, it's one thing to have a basketball bubble here in the United States. It's another thing to multiply that basketball bubble to include p- 
people and athlete, like athletes from all sorts of different countries in a single location. Mm-hmm. It's too much of it's too much of a risk in, in a time where you're still in a pandemic. Uh, though, like I said, we don't know where we're going to be in you know come August 2021. Uh, so that remains to be seen. So we'll see. We'll right, see but they would have to know probably by May of 2021. Yeah, I would assume so. probably like five months prior. Mm-hmm. But I put it up March then. So yeah, early. Yeah, so yeah, early 2021. We'll know. We will find out when it happens. Next, well, the infrastructure is still there, notwithstanding. Next up in racing, the Auto Club Speedway is to be renovated from a two-mile track to a half-mile short track. Yeah, they. This is part of the NASCAR's initiative to have more short tracks. Okay. And our local California um, speedway, you know, the closest thing we have to a speedway, will yeah. be converted from two miles to a half mile short track, much like Down they track. have in Dover and Bristol. Okay. So well, they have these already. It's just going to be a super track. It's not going to change anything except for the people watching it. It'll just be really for the drivers. It'll go change. faster. Um, they'll have longer straightaways and higher banks. So it'll eliminate what is a four to five car wide track that it currently is and hopefully cut that down so a lot more stuff happens and makes the racing a bit more exciting. Also, I'm more excited about the stands because they'll have them at the end caps. So I don't have to look left and right. right It's just, oh, up and down, up and down. Yeah. A little better. Yep. All right. Next up in sports. Meanwhile, in basketball, LeBron James now holds the record for the most NBA career playoff wins at 162. Yep, he passed Derek Fisher, who was at 161. And in uh, unfortunate NBA news, Giannis Antetokounmpo and the Bucks have been eliminated yeah. from the playoffs, which could also mean the last time we see him in a Bucks uniform as he enters yes. free agency this year. Yes, I heard some theories on Twitter about the Warriors possibly picking him up. That's because they picked up Kevin Durant the last time this happened. Um, I've also seen him in a mocked-up Heat Miami Heat jersey <laughs> as they just lost to them. Okay, well, we'll see. Uh, and lastly in sports, the thing that you've been waiting all year for... The thing I literally just got done doing... Is... A mock draft. That is... <laughs> I'm sorry, not a mock draft, an actual draft. An eight-man team draft for NFL as yes. fantasy football and thus actual NFL um, playing begins starting tomorrow. Tomorrow, Thursday night. Football will be the inaugural game of the 2020 season. Boom. Already set. You're all ready for the Rams. Uh, So, yeah, uh, we'll see what happens with that. Um, Seemed like there was not that bad of a start. Only a couple of people uh, from the organization had tested positive in the story we had last week. Yep. Uh, So so far, it seems like all the players and staff are taking this seriously. Yeah. I want to say baseball scared them straight. Yeah, I've been saying that for the past five weeks as the tests for NFL keep getting low to zero. Yeah, I would imagine that they're using baseball as the closest analog because they're not in a bubble. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, yeah, they definitely know what not to do now. So, 
there are there will be I think three or four stadiums that will have fans, but they'll be limited. Right. Um, I saw the Indianapolis Colts will have twenty five hundred fans in mm-hmm. uh, allowed in their stadium. Um, meanwhile, I literally saw this today that LSU uh, College will be having fans. Twenty five thousand yeah. fans though. Uh, that's scary. Yes, but then you realize, oh, their stadium can hold a hundred thousand people. So I guess if you distribute that correctly, it's a quarter of a quarter full. Quarter of so well, we'll see what happens. We'll that. see if they like either friends like, out or try and keep everyone spread apart. But a quarter yeah. full is, if done right, can be well distanced. Yeah. Still, wouldn't recommend it. Let's move on to television news. Now that we're out of sports, yep. Our first story. I guess is technically television news, though it's happening on the internet. Well, it has the Golden Girls in it, or a Golden Girls reboot, or one night only. So yes, for one night only, you, that's you in the internet there. Me, and you, and him, and him, and her, and him, and her, and her, and him, and him. Could be in the Zoom where it happened. The Zoom where it happened. The Zoom where it happened. happened. So yes, uh, Regina King, Tracy Ellis Ross, Alfred Woodward, and Sana Lathan will be the iconic ladies of the Golden Girls. The actresses will kick off the Zoom Where It Happens series, a weekly live table read program centered on informing and raising awareness around voting rights. Produced by a number of notable black women in the industry, including Tessa Thompson, Cynthia Erivo, and Ava Ava DuVernay, the table read gives the Golden Girls a new take with an all-black cast. The Zoom Where It Happens series, which will air every Tuesday until Election Day, seeks to encourage viewers to cast their votes and learn more about voting rights. Viewers can register to watch the Run Night table read at mobilize.us slash Zoom Where It Happens. All one word. Yes, so if that sounds interesting to you, check out that website. Um, it does yeah, sound interesting. I would actually like, kind of like to see this um, just done as a series too, which is what I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, but no, that's what that's not what this is. Uh, yeah. But it's interesting. I wonder what other shows they'll do and recast uh, for table reads. I'm very interested in the all different approaches that they'll have on these older shows. Give me all in the family. <laughs> <laughs> they already do that recently. Uh, they did the ABC did the live version of yeah. that. Yeah, like I said, they did that already. Yeah. Do something else. I don't know. Uh, Saved by the Bell. Yeah, let's do a Saved by the Bell with like a bunch of Zoomers. <laughs> uh, let's do... Hmm, that would be good. Uh, cheers. Okay, yeah. That might be... That might friends? Work. Yeah, I could see a new Friends with a new cast. Mm-hmm. That'd be interesting. Just for one night. I don't need a whole series. Just for one night is kind of a neat idea, though. Yep. All right. Next up in television news, we've got some bits for you. It was a busy, busy week. Yep. Uh, give me the bits. All the bits. All right. First up in the bits. If you've been champing on the bit for more Mandalorian on Disney Plus, well, I've got good news for you. Season you two has been announced to debut on October thirtieth. So uh, yep, we are sixty days away. Less yeah. than sixty days. So yeah, get your stuffed baby Yodas out. 
Yep. Uh, it's on the 30th because that's a Friday. Also, they released a new image of Baby Yoda and internet loves it. Yep. Everybody loves the child. Yep. Uh, not Baby Yoda. It is the child. The child. Although I think the Funko Pop calls it Baby Yoda. Like but yeah, that. officially in the show, in the universe, it's called yeah. The Child, because they don't have a name for it. It's The Child. Next up, this is kind of television-related, uh, but yeah, this was a big big story in professional wrestling this week, as it now is discovered, after some players ended up getting on the other side of this firing squad, that the WWE has ban- started banning wrestlers from third-party deals. Essentially, um, third-party meaning Twitch, Bang Soda, Pretty much. And yeah. anything else that they deemed unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, it seems like uh, Vince McMahon is basically saying that any business deals that any of his wrestlers do have to go through him and the organization first. So basically anything they do on their own, he thinks that he should have a piece of the pie because he like has some sort of ownership of their image as a wrestler. Right, so, because their wrestling name and their image are tied to WWE, which they signed the contract for. So, uh, this was also recently brought up with uh, John Cena, mm-hmm. as he recently did an interview where his paychecks from Hollywood, a part of it still go to Vince McMahon. Yes. Uh, so yeah, it's it's it sucks because it's like it's almost akin to something like a, a contractual kind of relationship as opposed to being an employee. It's almost like these guys are like Uber drivers or something where it's like, Oh, like if you do this part, like you have to be like, you have to go through the company to do anything differently. And it's like, seems a little weird, especially when you have so many of these wrestlers wanting to do things on the side, like, as you mentioned, Twitch streaming or product promotion or acting. Like the fact that you can't have an acting career as a wrestler. uh, That's not approved by McMahon. Separate from the the McMahons is kind of absurd. Um, right. so, I think yeah. this was this started from people doing stuff on Twitch and on yes cameo. Uh, yeah, I want to say cameo was brought into this. Yeah. So yeah, there's a bunch of like yeah, all, uh, wrestlers have always been involved in these other things, and yeah, it sucks to see the company be like come out as extremely overly strict about this stuff all of a sudden even though they probably already always had. Like, I would love to hear, like, The Rock talk about his early experience <laughs> with acting and probably how he, for a while, was trying to distance himself from the company and couldn't do it. So, because remember, there was a period of time there where he was refusing to go by The Rock, making me think mm-hmm. that this was maybe the underlying reason for that, because he didn't want to have to do business with WWE. That'd be a great tell-haul book. Yeah. I wonder if he needs the money. He does not, turns <laughs> out. He is the rock. Uh, but yeah, so it sucks. Uh, but yeah, that's a developing story. I'm sure we'll hear more about that as more and more wrestlers come out against it. Right, but it's also owning the image. Right. Because do you separate wrestler, the actor, if you want to call it acting? Yeah. Is it acting? Is it professional sports? Yeah. Or do you separate that from outside business dealings? It's hard. Is it part of like endorsement deals then? Especially if you're wrestling under your real name, like John Cena is. Right. It's going to be hard to tear these two things twain. All right. Let's move on on these bits here. Our next bit is about Jeopardy. 
So we've been kind of in the midst media of about favorite Jeopardy. You have a favorite Jeopardy. We've kind of in the midst of repeats as the production was halted for a period of time during quarantine. But they've just made new announcements about the upcoming season of Jeopardy, including an exciting one that Ken Jennings is going to be involved in the production, both in a like per, like a production standpoint as a consulting producer and also in the show itself as he'll show up occasionally in clues to introduce them, have entire categories read by him. He'll basically be kind of like what the clue crew does, except separate as his own kind of thing. Uh, but yeah, I think that this is a great move overall. He's not, of course, replacing Alex Trebek as the host quite yet, but it does uh, offer some younger, uh, younger experience, even though Ken Jennings is in his 50s himself, <laughs> slightly younger experience and uh, a different take to the show uh, by somebody who's very familiar with it. Yep. Um, also, because they're not doing in-person interviews anymore for, to be on the show, download the Jeopardy app and do the online tests that way. You can do it constantly to try and get in. Yeah. Uh, both Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune are doing theirs virtually right now. So if you're interested in participating in either of those, yep, give that a try. Give that a shake and see if you can out be eligible. But I like this news. Ken Jennings uh, yeah. sticking with the Jeopardy brand. Yes. I'm glad to see this is his future. Uh, like, I'm glad to see him being employed by the thing that gave him stardom. Like, it's pretty rad. All right. Next up in the bits. I'm glad that it's not called Daughter because Anna Ferris has exited the cast of Mom. <laughs> so yeah, Mom's still there, but you will be missing one of the main characters. I'm not sure how they'll spin this. It seems like for CBS, this is probably yet another um, Charlie Sheen leaving Two and a Half Men moment for them where they have to now retool the show. Oh, by the way, I had this separate daughter you never knew about. Exactly. Let's bring her in halfway through this past season, this next season. <laughs> Well, I don't know. I have not watched this show, but what I presume they could do is they could just make it about the mom, the titular mom, and just have her life be more interesting and crazier than it was before. What, what I assume it is because it's Allison Janney and she's been yeah. garnering all the Emmy awards for it. Right. So, yeah. Her nomination. I'm not worried at all about the future of mom, but eh, who is? <laughs> Lastly, in the bits here, this is kind of a crossover with the video game section here. G4. Remember G4? Yes, fondly. It was a video game themed cable network. Um, yes. And then was... they got bought and changed to Esquire. Yeah, well before that if you want to hear, hear how ancient I am. Yes, tell me the history that, of G4. Before that it was Tech TV which was a technology themed channel that had some video game content on it. Later, when the tech stuff, I guess, was harder to come by, they rebranded as G4 and switched to a video game format while retaining some of the tech TV shows, including what became X-Play, the tentpole show. It was, way back in the 90s, a television-like version of GameSpot, the website, called GameSpot TV. That eventually became what we know as X-Play. Uh, but yeah, so G4, fan favorite. I watched a lot of G4 back in the day, especially X-Play towards the end of the 2000s. Uh, it's coming back. In what form? We're not exactly sure yet. It doesn't seem like they're making it very clear whether this is going to be a web 
premise, like a, like a web thing or an actual network. Nobody really knows. But the newest news that we have about its comeback is that they are now casting new talent. They put up a YouTube video uh, where X-Play's own Adam Sessler gave kind of the rundown in character um, about how you can apply to be a host on their content. And so far, it seems like it's a completely um, social media driven effort. So you can use a hashtag uh, to either tag someone else's uh, posts that you think would be a good good uh, host or your own stuff if you think you'd be a good host. And some poor social media intern probably is going to have to sort through all those, figure out who the top of the crop is, and eventually they will have some sort of hosting role on G4. Not necessarily just hosting role, but any type of role within their um, new channel. You know, yeah. producers, creative content, that kind of thing. Yeah, but th- that's the problem with it, right? Is that this is all very vague. Yes. And very unclear about what you'll be doing, what the kind of roles that are offered, what G4 is going to be, what the programming is going to look like. None of this is solidified, which makes farming social media channels for content creators really suspect. Yes, but it's all very fluid right now because G4 can be whatever we want it to be. I know, but if you're... They're they're looking for like people who have good communication and can like present themselves well to an audience. Sure, but... Again, though, if you're looking for a actual job in the video game industry, I don't think you're that into the idea of something that could literally be anything and that you don't know how much it's going to pay you. No. In this day and age, like, uh, in this day and age, you should be told, uh, like, what the bill of goods you're signing up for is. And so I imagine there's going to be like some sort of reveal, like when the other shoe finally drops, which it probably will like pretty soon here, is we're going to find out, it's like, oh, they're not going to pay any of these creators. They just want their content on this show and other people are going to produce it. Like, I just have a bad feeling about how this is going to go for these people who are volunteering, volunteering their work. Because remember, the big company on top of all this is still Comcast. Comcast owns all of the G4 assets and stuff. So, yeah, I, have, I am very worried about what this ultimately means. And I frankly don't know if we need G4 at this point in, in the world at It's all. funny that you mentioned Comcast because of their other subsequent child, NBC, ran the NBC Playhouse mm-hmm. five years ago asking for created content for scripts yeah. And I don't think anything came from it. We all know what happened with that. Nothing. So, yes. I don't know what they're trying to do here. Uh, I, would, I guess I'll be pleasantly surprised if this leads to an actual G4 with programming that I want to watch. That because being said, not, if G4 is listening to us and watching this, no. we have five seasons and 240 episodes of this episode if you want to put yourself out there and you try to get get hired for them go right ahead i am staying out of it if they if they want to give me specific roles and specific uh um like like pay if they want to tell me how much they're going to pay me then yes maybe i will consider it but with before i see any sort of salary or specific role and expectations i am not interested in what they're offering 
And before we sign with them, we will still continue to do this because yeah. this is kind of what we do. Train will never stop until it maybe someday will. I don't know. We'll <laughs> see. All right. That's it for the bits in television. And that's it for television news. But you watched some television. Oh, I watched some television. All right. You finally got to watch the thing you've been excited about for a few weeks here, which is The Boys. The Boys oh, I are you're back. Hard Knocks. <laughs> no, you've been watching Hard Knocks. No. Yeah, what was the season finale? Time uh, to about yeah. The Boys. The Boys are back in, in town. town. Yeah. Had to do uh, it. Yes. Yeah, I had to do it. I mean, you had to do it. It literally sets up right there and all these volleyball spikes that. Uh, but yeah, the boys are back. Um, following a very weird season one where people didn't know what they were expecting. And now we kind of do where everyone's an asshole and everyone has their own agendas and people are people being mean. But they did add some new um, fresh faces like Giancarlo Esposito as the overall head director who plays that really sly, I know what I'm doing, but also in an evil, but not quite overt evil kind of way. You mean the star of the upcoming Far Cry 6? Giancarlo Esposito? Yes. (laughs) I mean the villain that was in The Mandalorian. Oh, right. Yes. Also Giancarlo Esposito. Didn't work. Good for him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's been getting work for like ages now. Yeah. But yeah, it's always good to see him pop up. <laughs> um, but speaking of things that are good to see pop up, one of me about favorites and personal favorite, uh-huh. a surprise Patton Oswalt showed Hooray! up. Hey! I saw you tweet that and I liked the tweet. I was like, oh, can't argue with the surprise Patton Oswalt. Yeah. Um, uh, only in voiceover form, but okay. still genuine surprise to see him. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's only three episodes, unlike the first season where they just dropped all ten. They're uh-huh. doing episode or weekly, stretch it out now, probably to get people to come back to Amazon Prime to once they're done. While you're there, browse what else we can watch and stay on the streaming service. It's smart. Yeah, it is smart. Um, they also bring a new hero into the seven called Stormfront, who is a female character. They're kind of pushing the female-led groups within uh, the first three episodes here. But she may be even more of a bad apple than what we thought. Um, Because we already have a poo-poo idea of who Homefront is. Homelander, Homefront. Homelander is. Yes, Showtime series Homefront. Yes, that's what I got confused (laughs) there. Uh, But yeah, that's interesting. Fun, still like it, but also super, super bloody. I did not realize how much blood they had to spare on this thing. Because <laughs> like, every episode is just blood here, blood there. Let's throw in some more blood. Oh, bloody, 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 blood. Gross. I mean, yeah, sure, it's gross for you. But when it's like, oh, I'm going to slice you in half, clearly there's going to be blood everywhere. Yeah, oh, maybe. I'm, I'm going to like run into this uh, sea creature. Oh. Blood everywhere, guts everywhere. It's all in my hair and face. Then again, when you compare that to in season one, where they literally blew up a man. Yeah, that'll have everywhere. Blood involved, I would imagine. Yeah. (laughs) So it does seem like they're amping up the stakes here. They're the thing that was kept secret and kind of revealed at the end of season one is 
looking to be pushed forward here through in season two, uh, through chemical V or compound V. And I'm very excited to see what happens as the series continues. Okay. Uh, so is uh, Doctor, as she's like, hey, we should watch it. It's like, yeah, let's watch it. Still confused, still a little grossed out, but overall, we both still like it. All right, cool. So look forward to more The Boys as it goes on in the coming weeks. Yep, I assume that they'll do the same thing that they did, that Infinity Train did, where it's 10 episodes, but they'll do three, three, and then two. So maybe. All righty, but then you also. Three, 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 and then one. Something like that. Yeah, three, 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 nine, and then one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then you also mentioned, speaking of things that had continued to, to happen, uh, you finished up Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks Los Angeles. Over. But the good news is that Hard Knocks being over means football's actually happening. Yes, but Hard Knocks being over also means it might be the last Hard Knocks. It's possible, but we'll see. Yes, but then again, we said that like back in 2012. We said that when, multiple times, yes. Yeah, when it got turned off, then like three years later, they just rebooted it, so... We maybe look at the same thing here where yeah. it'll be three years until they start it again and find interesting stories. But so, yeah, I don't like the, I, mean, I understand why they had to do the season the way they did with the pandemic, but I don't like the two team concept and I don't like how they didn't um, focus in on the rookie players who try and make the team. Cause that's kind of like the heart and soul yeah, I thought of what that was, it was. not, Oh, here's how training camp goes and the whole preseason I want to like follow the players and kind of root for them and see them make it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the reason they had to do it was because pandemic, because there were no preseason games. So they had to fill that with something. <laughs> so let's fill it with two teams. You get half here and half there, put it together, full episode. Ta-da. <laughs> Stitching works. If they continue this into next year, I wouldn't mind seeing something similar but done in New York with the Giants and the Jets. It's not bad. It's not a bad idea. Yeah, okay, cool. Uh, but yeah, Hard Knocks is still Hard Knocks, still the five-episode Emmy award-winning show that it is, even Can if those Emmys, Emmys were won 10 years ago. Getting you pumped for actual football now? Yep, because with the end of Hard Knocks comes the beginning of football season. Indeed. So, Did you watch anything? No, I did not watch anything. Boo. So let's move on then. Out of television, into cancellations and renewals, which is still technically... What am I no longer watching? You are somehow still watching Reno 911 on Quibi because it's getting a second mobile season over there. So... Okay. Somebody's watching Quibi. I thought Quibi was going to be dead, but... Okay. (laughs) Over on Showtime, they've renewed the sh- the Chai, the Shy, the Shy, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago for for a fourth season. And then, to round out our cancellations, we have three cancellations that have been a long time coming. First up, the one that the internet is very very depressed about. Adult Swim has finally canceled. Venture Brothers. The Venture Brothers, one of the earliest Adult Swim shows, debuting way, 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 way back in the yesteryear of 2002. Finally over. It only had seven seasons, even though technically that spans 17 years. Yes. Um, it only had, it, because they would do a thing where it, they would be just 
nothing for years and then they would renew it finally and then there would be new episodes randomly as recent as 2018 there were new episodes of this show yep uh, uh but also one last season of 2018 focused on a superhero angle yeah as it rolled with the modern times so yeah ultimately uh, i guess uh adult swim and cartoon network productions just decided it was done that it run its course and that they needed to move over production things for other shows so yes long-running show is finally over but yeah the internet is already upset seems like reaction to that reaction uh that cartoon network studios has made oblique references to maybe trying to revive it in some sort of fashion maybe it'd be shorts every once in a while or something like that now with hbo max there is some freedom that if they did want to do some sort of variant on the venture brothers concept they could do it there so we'll see they'll do a three movie deal which would be separated into different seasons <laughs> this is not futurama to... damn it why this... yes it is it is exactly like futurama you're describing futurama is what you're describing right now. i know what i'm describing i just want to describe it without saying futurama Anyway. Has it worked? But believe it or not, that's not the only long-running show that was canceled this week. We also had okay, canceled seven seasons is long-running. After well, seventeen years is long-running. If you yes. ask me, uh, we also had a cancellation of after twenty seasons of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. <laughs> yes, E has finally pulled the plug on it. I mean, how many more stories do you have? Unless you make the stories just about. Kendall and Kylie, like, how do you find how do you find an audience for that anymore? But Courtney and Chloe already took Miami. They took it. They took it. We don't know where they took it, but they took it somewhere. They took it wherever the Jersey Shore people went. And Kim is unfortunately stuck on a compound with Kanye West for the rest of her life. So that's not a story. Well, at least she's got the gospel music. <laughs> There's that. Of Kanye West. <laughs> it's all, all that's left, really. Um, but yeah, so Keeping Up with the Kardashians, finally gone, but there's so many similar shows on E! still that you're not missing out on much. Ryan Seacrest is still rich. That's all you need to know about yes, that. Yes, the Ryan produced, Ryan Seacrest produced shows. Yeah. Continue. Then, lastly, somehow the craziest one, in my opinion, out of these three, because I didn't know, I didn't know it would ever die, which is fitting since it's a show about zombies, The Walking Dead has finally been canceled on AMC. After Not to be confused with Fear the Walking Dead, yes. which was already canceled, which was already a spinoff, which was canceled before the oh, main yes. show. The original The Walking Dead finally canceled after 11 miserable seasons. It will end with a 24-episode season finale that will take, care, take, like, take uh, shape over two years. So... Technically, it's a full another season, but they're going to stretch it out. Right, and it's 24 episodes over two years, yeah. um, which will end in about 2022. And just in time for the announced, maybe greenlit, I'm not quite sure, spinoff uh, featuring, uh, what's the guy's name? Two characters? Oh, okay. I thought it was two characters. Uh Reeves? Normus, Norman Reedus? Yes. Of Death Stranding fame? Yes, I believe he gets the spinoff with one other character. <laughs> ah, Norman's, good old Norman's Reedus. Which, if that is a spoiler, he may survive. Yeah. 
Or care. it's a spoiler that it's a prequel because he has not survived. I don't I know. Don't I'm know. not keeping Who up with the hell show. <laughs> I, yeah, I knew he was on that show, so that's all I know. All right. That's it for cancellations and renewals. We have one death real quick. Bruce Williamson, age 49, was a singer in The Temptations. Yes. Uh, classic, classic Temptations yes. songs. All right. Let's move on into music. So I toss this like a football over to you. So let me do your, my spiral here. All right. Which quarterback are you? I'm, I'm, I'm just me. I'm not anybody else. Oh, okay. You don't want to be recently paid um, Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> oh, I would love played Deshaun Watson? You know, I would love to be recently paid uh, as, a, as a quarterback. Yes. <laughs> Use those millions of dollars. Go for it. Tell us about music. Why don't you? All right, we always start music with the billboard, and we always start the billboard with the Hot 100. With how hot God, it is. Thank God that I was running late today because the Top 100, the Hot 100 did not change. Yeah, it didn't because Dynamite is the number one song by BTS. Yeah. And number two, WAP by Cardi B featuring Megan The Stallion. And number three, Laugh Now, Cry Later with, by Drake. Featuring Lil Durk. Lil Durk. At number four, Rockstar by The Baby, featuring Roddy Rich. And at number five, Blinding Lights by The Weeknd. And you are right, that did not change. Yes. I, w- I was thanking my lucky stars when I saw that. I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to edit that one. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to uh, our album start, the Billboard 200. Yes. At number one, Folklore by Taylor Swift, yet again. And that hits the bell there. No, oh, yes, that hits the bell. That's six straight weeks, which beats the baby. So Taylor Swift is now the proud owner of the longest number one album in the 200 this year. It also set another record, or it tied, to be more accurate, another record. A Taylor Swift record. With this, Taylor Swift ties Whitney Houston for most weeks with the number one album. Not necessarily Ooh. consecutively, but total. I believe that number is 46. So Whitney and Taylor both have the record for 46 weeks at number one at some point. And next week, it may or may not happen. May or may not beat her. So we'll see. All right. Uh, Number two, we have Shoot for the Stars, Aim for the Moon by Pop Smoke. At number three, Legends Never Die by Juice World. At number four, S&M2 by Metallica and San Francisco Symphony. Yeah, uh, I guess they've done this before, seeing as that this is a two. Yes. Very strange. I believe we talked about this when SNM 1 came out. Maybe. (laughs) And lastly, debuting at number five, Smile by Katy Perry. Yeah, not even close to number one. Nope. Uh, no new releases this week. Or there are. Where did I do with them? Are they under the news? Yeah, uh, they're, they're under, under the news. The news. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I did them. <laughs> there they are. There they are. So, if you didn't like any of those albums, we have new releases. What am I listening to this week? I don't know what you're listening to, mm-hmm. but here are the new releases. Okay. We have The Universal Want by Doves. Yes. Uh, we have Ballerini by Kelsey Ballerini. My understanding is this is an acoustic record. 
my understanding is this is a part two as Kelsey <laughs> came out earlier this year. Yeah. With Kelsey Ballerini. Kelsey Ballerini. You put the, the two together and they combine. With know? their powers combined. They click into it and then you can play the original one with Knuckles. It's pretty cool. <laughs> anyway. You give it to your, uh, your little brother to play. Or is yeah. that just one, that one just for me? That one's just for you because you had a Sega. Just for me. I didn't have a Sega. I just know that. Anyway, you just know that. I just, I just know things. We we read news and we know things. Yes, that's that's <laughs> two things we do in live uh, and live. Yeah, no, media boat podcast only only reads news, knows things, and lie. <laughs> Anyways, anyways, we also have "We Are Chaos" by Marilyn Manson. Yes. That Marilyn Manson. Yeah, that Marilyn Manson's in some hot water for some uh, sexual assault allegations lately. So not a great time to release a record, but what are you going to do? Could be chaos. Yeah. Uh, we also have Medium Rarities by Mastodon. Mm-hmm. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Yeah. Uh, American Head by The Flaming Lips. Also another name you haven't heard in a while. Yep. <laughs> and lastly, Generations by Will Butler. Yep. Butler, I barely know her. Ha ha ha. Ha ha. Moving on to news. Will Butler is a member of Arcade Fire and also brother of Wynn Butler, who is the singer from Arcade Fire. Just FYI. So a solo project. Yeah, he, this is his second solo record. All right. Uh, moving on into music news. News. We'll start with Travis Scott. You hungry? Oh, I am because Travis Scott has added another major <laughs> milestone to his resume with his own Mickey D's. That's right, McDonald's. Yes, that's why I asked if you're hungry because this story is about McDonald's. Yes, and you know I love food. <laughs> the last celebrity to have his name on a meal at the fast food chain was Michael Jordan, who's Mick Jordan Burger launched back in 1992. Uh, the Houston rapper personally ushered in the Travis Scott meal at McDonald's in Downey, California on September 8th. The franchise's restaurants around the U.S. will also carry the $6 menu item as advertised in a national campaign featuring Scott as an action figure. <laughs> Uh, Coinciding with the McDonald's announcement, uh, Travis Scott also dropped a new merchandise collection that pays homage to vintage visuals from McDonald's history. Among the items for sale are the expected apparel, you know, t-shirts, hoodies, and shorts, as well as unusual offerings like a $90 chicken McNugget (laughs) body pillow Uh and a $45 Retro metal lunchbox, all adorned with Scott's Cactus Jack calling card. If that chicken nugget body pillow did not have the freaking Travis Scott insignia on it, I would probably buy it. Just a giant. Uh, which chicken nugget shape would you get? Oh, well, it's got to be the weird one, the weird, what kind of bulbous one. I haven't seen this. It might not be, but that's how I imagine it. Oh, you don't want the boot one? <laughs> Oh, maybe I am thinking of the boot one then. It's got kind of like, yeah, it kind of looks like a boot because it's got kind of bulging. There there are six distinct chicken McNuggets shapes, according (laughs) to McDonald's. 
Theoretically, I don't know. They all look the same to me. <laughs> they all uh, taste the same. <laughs> they all taste the same, really. All look the same in my stomach, let me tell you. Yep. Uh, but yeah, besides being making this hungry, the story is just funny, which is why I included it. It's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go and get your um, Travis Scott meal for six bucks. So what is in the Travis Scott meal? I have no idea. Not, it, it, and it I kind of want to know, honestly. I'm going to say like everything they do is probably a variant on the Big Mac if I had to guess, but I could be wrong. Uh, I would go on with like a quarter pounder with bacon. That's, see, that sounds delicious. And I, that's what I order anyways. So <laughs> let me see. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Keep going. All right. Well, as you search for your next dinner, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we have more music news, including a recap from two weeks ago. The, or was it last week? The iHeartRadio Awards. Yes, yes. Yep. With the in-person award ceremony canceled due to the pandemic, shocker, iHeartRadio unveiled its music award winners over the weekend, which included Billie Eilish for Female Artist of the Year, mm-hmm. as well as two other awards, Lizzo for Song of the Year, which was Truth Hurts, because they're still counting that as last year. Uh, Jonas Brothers for Best Duo slash Group of the Year. Taylor Swift for Album of the Year. For Lover. And more. The 2020 iHeartRadio Music Awards also honored Elton John with the Tour of the Year Award for his <laughs> Yellow Brick Road Tour. Yes. So yeah, I don't know, this was more... One, it was a slow music week and I needed a second story. Yep. And two, as kind of a follow-up to the fact that we said they were going to happen on the radio, essentially. Right, where they would play the songs on the radio during Labor Day weekend. But the real news here is I have pulled up the Travis Scott meal at McDonald's. All right. You what is were the Travis Scott correct, meal? sir. I was correct? It is a quarter pounder with cheese with bacon, <laughs> but also... With lettuce, because Travis Scott likes to have some green in his burger, you see. <laughs> so there you go. Uh, I was a shot in the dark. <laughs> it also comes with medium fries with barbecue sauce included, so you don't have to ask for the barbecue sauce. They'll just give it to you. Oh, nice. And the drink is a Sprite with ice. It has to be a Sprite with ice. He apparently asks for extra ice. So you could do that if you want to be, have the real Travis Scott experience. Yeah. Oh, that was a shot in the dark for a quarter pounder with bacon. That's the meal. That's the meal. Quarter pounder yeah. with bacon, lettuce, with cheese, uh, fries, barbecue sauce, and Sprite. Yeah, it's a BLB. Travis Scott approved. Okay. Bacon, lettuce, burger with barbecue sauce. That's it for music. Nice. Yeah. We're done. No, we're not no. done. We have one big section left. All right. The biggest section that I've been following for the past, I don't know, four days now. It's been a week, let me tell you. It's been a week in video games. <laughs> uh, tell me about it, Bare Naked Ladies. Has it been <laughs> one week? One week since Mario looked at me. All right, tell me about video games. Why well, let's, before we get to that real quickly, yeah. there's some new video games coming out that you may or may not want to pick up, including... So, quick correction. Metacritic screwed me over last week. You were right. Avengers was out that week, last week. I knew it. For some reason, they don't have it last week or this week. And I don't know what's wrong with them. Uh, but it did come out. You could uh, Because they don't want to give it any support? 
I still don't like the beta and they didn't like it. From what I read, it seems like people are liking the full game more than the beta. Apparently Mm -hmm. the story mode is pretty cool and does actually have some pretty decent writing with the Avengers characters, especially Kamala Khan. Yes. Um, But the games as a service part that it spills you into after the story is over is pretty much still has the same issues that the stuff in the beta did. So your mileage may vary. So it seems like that people are liking it more than they probably thought they would. But when the campaign is over, it is very much trying so hard to be Destiny that it's not there yet. So my opinion is I still don't think anybody should buy this quite yet. I would say wait to see if it like it shows up on a service like Game Pass or something, or if it's steeply discounted in a few months, because it doesn't seem like the package right now is worth $60. I'm going to wait until the Spider-Man DLC probably comes out. Yes, we're waiting for Spider-Man. To play it. I think a lot of people are probably waiting for that as Maybe. well. Maybe. Um, also, with the holiday season coming up, I expect this to be part of a buy two for 60 deal. Very much. Yeah, Target does that every year. I'm sure they'll do it again this year. So yep. keep an Select eye out. Select games, a.k.a. anything that came out in the past yeah. three months. New, yeah. All right. What else is new this week? Uh, well, other new games, if you want to call them new yeah. or important. Uh, eFootball PES 2021 season update for the PlayStation, yeah. Xbox, and PC. I'm not really sure what this is, if it's a standalone retail release or if this is just DLC for the existing PES 2021. I don't know, but I included it anyways. Because it's a slow week, because your other release is Spelunky 2 for the PlayStation and PC. But a lot of people are excited for Spelunky 2, because Spelunky, a classic of the roguelike genre, a lot of people love that game. It's a big uh, favorite of streaming um, on Twitch. So yeah, Spelunky 2... Is, has been looked forward to for years, so it's very exciting. Yep. Um, I saw the trailer for it, um, or the announcement trailer, uh, last week, saying it was coming out this week. I was like, oh, yeah, I kind of like what you're doing here with all the different characters and abilities. Like, oh, I see what you're doing here. If you're curious about Spelunky, you probably have Spelunky on PS4 because it was free with PSN a year and a half ago. I probably do have it somewhere so in there. Download Spelunky 1, play a little Spelunky 1, and I'll prepare you for Spelunky. I played Spelunky on the PSP. Oh, yeah. You know. Or Vita. The Vita, when it was available for that. Vita. Yeah, so this is apparently more of that with new stuff. So. Yep. All right. Uh, but, yeah, okay. Clear your calendar, clear your schedule. The big titans, the big boys mm-hmm. are going to play. Boys are back in town. Wait. Uh, not really. I mean, yes, really. So we were supposed to get a PS5 announcement this week because today, uh, you can bring out the candles down the cake. It is Sony's PS1 birthday. Aw, birthday. Happy, happy 25th birthday for the PlayStation well, launch. 25th birthday of the American PlayStation launch. The 25th birthday of the Japanese launch was last year. Fun fact. Surprise. <laughs> Thank you, Matt, for yeah. knowing that. <laughs> 94, 95. I just know these things, okay? Anyway. Yes. Uh, all the unnecessary but necessary information. Yes. yes. It's why we do a show like this. It's exactly why we do a show like this. Yeah, because we just have these brains. We yeah. If only there's a place like on TV we could put it, like G4 or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You want to do it. 
Okay, so tell me about, uh, so Sony didn't end up making any announcements. Yes, everyone expected and tweeted and rumored that Sony would make an announcement today because yeah. it is the 25th anniversary. But no such thing Five years, PS5, kind of like a, you know, a cyclical thing. You Unless will. you count the thing where they're selling a $10,000 gold PlayStation if you want one. No, no, not see this that? point. Do you see no. that? Yes, yes, I did. But, but instead of you know, PlayStation making the waves here, their rival, Microsoft, decided to crash yeah. that party. No, to be fair, they didn't decide much. It, was it leaked got leaked. Of, so. It got leaked. They're like, all right, fine, here you go. Yeah, exactly. So as all things do, they got leaked, and then Microsoft was like, all right, I guess the cat's out of the bag. Exactly, I guess we have to announce this thing. Yep. Uh, this thing being Project Lockhart. Yes. Or, should I say, the Xbox Series S. Yeah. As it was finally released, uh, or finally leaked this weekend, complete with specs, and a, get this, two ninety nine price point. Yes. The coaxed, uh, mic- they, this coaxed Microsoft into making it official, as well as confirming the Xbox Series X for... Four ninety nine, and a November tenth release date for both consoles. Yes, the S will have many of the same features of its big brother, including an SSD of five hundred and twelve gigs and high frame rate performance, but only up to fourteen forty fourteen forty p resolution uh, instead of the four K that the yes. Series X will put out. They also detailed the pay-as-you-go all-access plan, which will be priced at $24.99 a month, $25 and change for tax. Yes. Which includes a Series X and Game Pass Ultimate subscription for a two-year period. Lastly, a new partnership with EA will soon allow Game Pass Ultimate subscribers access to EA Play's library starting next month. Yeah. So this is a lot of information that they kind of all dropped at once. Uh, The basics here is that, yeah, the Series S is real, and it's surprisingly powerful. They want this thing to be as close to the Series X as possible, but made for people who aren't ready to upgrade to full 4K yet. This is seems like this box is here for people who still have 1080p televisions that want an entry point into the next generation, but don't have a reason to pay $500 on the box that does things that they can't even do on their TV anyways. This is incredibly smart, especially launching it at $300, because that is going to look crazy when you compare it to its competition. This puts it at price parity with the Nintendo Switch, a console that does not have even close to 4K resolutions and can't even like think about the kind of games that this thing will run. Pairing this with the Xbox Ultimate Game Pass, or I guess it's not no longer the Xbox Ultimate, it's just Game Pass Ultimate. Yeah, Game Pass Ultimate. Gives you access to hundreds of games on launch, as well as new releases yeah. day one. For two years, if you do it by the $25 uh, subscription plan. 
so yeah, so that thing, so this is a variant of something they did with the Xbox One X as well. Right, which we reported on yeah, three, right four years ago when it was announced. And yeah, it's extremely lucrative. Like, mm-hmm. it's an extremely lucrative idea. The catch, though, for all of this, though, is that you have to want a new box. And Microsoft, the, the half of this that we've been talking about for the last few weeks is, have they really made an argument for why you need any of these things? No, not really. So while this is a fantastic price for a fantastic box that's going to be able to be capable of a lot of things, and the Series X, which is going to be capable of way more, also pretty reasonable for under, like getting under 600 is a miracle for that thing. So the problem is, is that what are the new games? Halo's been delayed. It's basically all the old stuff and the third party stuff. That's it. There's no real reason to recommend anybody buy this. But once there are games, they've made a couple of really great boxes. That'll be great. It's just that in order for this to matter and for me to get excited about it, it has to have things at place. <laughs> so, right. But seeing yeah. as if I'm just going to get one thing, I mean, essentially the Xbox Series S becomes what we always wanted it to be and what yeah. I think Microsoft wanted it to be, which is a Game Pass subscription platform. Yes. It's also, that's also crucially, uh, we should mention that that is pretty much all it is because it does not have an optical drive. Mm-hmm. It is completely digital. Um, another thing that people brought up that could be a potential issue with this thing though is that a 512 gig SSD is going to fill up pretty quickly with modern games. People are quick to point out that Modern Warfare keeps adding on, adding on, and adding on new packs. It's blossomed to a 200 gig plus game install at this point on console. Right. Even Madden, when it just came out, had a 60 gig install. Destiny 2 is 92 gigs. These games are huge. So 512 is going to go like this. And because it's their proprietary SSD, you can't, like you did with the Xbox One, just plug in a USB external drive. Now, the Series X does give you the option to add external storage. But you have to buy Microsoft's special proprietary plugins to do it Mm -hmm. if you want the SSD experience. So... There's a lot to consider here. And so while it made a big splash and it does look really good on paper, all of this, there's a lot of things to consider. And so you're almost going to get to the point where you're going to need a spreadsheet to really figure out which of these boxes you need, which of these boxes you're going to want, what plays what, how you expand what. It's just, it's going to be complicated. It's going to be a complicated holiday season. The one thing though Microsoft did do correctly though is remember back when we reported that they were ending production on the Xbox Series, or the Xbox One X, and I did it. Yep. Um, And that they were going to start, like, just focusing on the One S to get, like, production pipelines cleared up. Yes. Makes a lot of sense now that you're looking at the Series S, because Mm -hmm. they basically want to pitch this thing to the people who don't want to move on quite yet. The Series S is going to be their baseline. Like, this this is the Xbox. The Series X is their pitch to the hardcore. Right. Uh, also, I saw with their um, with their price point plans, uh, the all access plans, that you can upgrade from the S to the X at the end. 
Um, you can also currently get the all access for the Xbox One X right now yeah. at a reduced price for the payment plan. And then after, between the first 18 months, you can then upgrade to the Series S or the Series X. It's cool. It's good that they have these kind of different lanes of entry. It's good that they're giving people options. I just wish that there was some exciting title that we were all jazzed to play. The content. Yeah. That's the one thing that's missing from the puzzle. Otherwise, they have this thing in the bag. They're, they're probably going to come in first on the 10th. They're going to come in with the better pricing. Like Sony, this is Sony's opportunity to show something, anything that they have that could be better than this package. And I don't know if they have it. Right. Now note that this is all precedent on what Microsoft wants to do, which is the games for a service, yes. Game Pass, where they get you at their $15 a month. Is that what it is? $15 a month? Yeah. Price point every month. So you continuously pay for that. And so it's not paying $60 a game, it's paying 15 times 60 at that point for $300 over five years. Oh, and the last thing I want to say about all of this is, yes, I am very excited about the EA Play stuff because, cool, I could just play Madden, I guess, now, starting next month (laughs) if I wanted to. Having access to the EA Play stuff through Ultimate Game Pass is really, really smart. Yeah, I did my math wrong. That's $900 over five years, not $300. Yes. So, but yeah. yeah, that's what you get. If you get five years, if you get this now, and then over the course of five years, mm-hmm. you're roughly giving them a thousand dollars, give or take. It's lucrative. It's going to look good for people who are just who are way into Xbox and are excited about a new one. Now, as a service here, if we want to get it to play new games that come out on the Xbox, yeah, that's pretty good because it's. Yeah. All in there comes if it's exclusive to Xbox, it comes straight to Game Pass for three hundred dollars. Might not be that bad. Yeah. But as you said, you gotta get something for us to wanna play. So yeah, balls in Sony's court now. We'll see when they make some sort of uh, price point announcement or release date announcement. And yeah, it's their game to lose at this point. Microsoft has a pretty decent slate. Yep. So if they can say, yeah, but we also have the games, then this is a fight. Then this becomes a real fight. So we'll see. Yeah, We just need a price point. Sony, give me a price point here. But speaking of games, Nintendo's got games. Yeah, so instead of putting out new games, hey, <laughs> let's put on an old game and not change the graphics. People love that. Well, there's some new games in, in this story <laughs> as well. Well, there's a new game, singular, in this story as well. Well, yes, but uh, Nintendo decided to surprise everyone and yet no one because they are the worst kept secret ever yeah. uh, with the 35th anniversary of Super Mario Brothers. And Nintendo was celebrating by announcing a slew of Mario-themed games, uh, including, and first up, Super Mario 3D All-Stars for the Switch, which will bundle an up version of Mario 64 Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. Yep. It will be available starting March 18th. No, September 18th. Yeah, September 18th, which is in uh, next week. Yes, which is next week. Yes, Uh, but I slipped there because it will only be available until March 31st. 
making this a limited edition collector's item in the span <laughs> of six months. Uh, a Switch port of Super Mario 3D World is coming as well with additional bonus content next February. Yes. And then you also have Mario Kart Live colon Home Circuit was also announced, which is a Switch game that ships a real-life RC version of either Mario or Luigi's Kart. And you can set up a real race course in your own home and play on your Switch via augmented reality. Things you do in the game will affect your real-life cart, like being hit by virtual items. Yeah, your cart will straight-up stop if you get hit by a shell, for instance. Uh, Home Circuit will be released in October. And lastly, in Mario news, Super Mario Brothers 35, also available on Switch Online until March 31st, <laughs> which is a competitive 35-player variant on Super Mario Brothers. By using the Tetris 99-esque aiming controls, you can send enemies to your rival screens, making it more difficult for them to finish their course. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a lot of Mario news. But yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, let's start from the top. So... The internet has gained, like piled up on this Super Mario 3D All-Stars release. Um, so yeah, you get Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Mario Galaxy. So there's, and the weird thing is that there's caveats for two out of the three. The caveat for Mario 64, of course, that people are really angry about, is that they've basically done no work on this. They've upraised some of the textures, so a lot of the texture work is going to look okay on a on an LCD screen, which wasn't the case in past re-releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, they've done, done no touch-up. It is not a remaster in that way. It's not like the Crash Bandicoot nope. games. It looks play. just as blocky. And it's not even in 16.9. This is still a 4.3 version of the game, just like its original release. Then there's a caveat for Mario Galaxy that people are kind of upset about. With Galaxy, it launched with Wii motion controls. There were certain things that you could only do by shaking or pointing the Wiimote, uh, gathering star crystals by pointing the remote, right, and also and the shake move to do a spin, do a do a spin for Mario. So that stuff is intact in the Switch version, which means that there is no way to play this on a Switch Lite. Zero. You cannot play Mario Galaxy with a Switch Lite. You are required to either use the Wiimotes or there is a Pro Controller mode. But the Pro Controller still has to emulate some of the motion control stuff. Oh, I'm sure you could do something with Switch, right? Where you, like, you hold a button down and then spin. So that's the thing, is that they haven't made it super clear. So the assumption is that it won't be that playable. So I don't know. Unless they have a solution for it, it seems like a weird idea. Um, and then Mario Sunshine, well, its caveat is that it's Mario Sunshine. So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Is Mario Sunshine not good enough for you? So, okay, no. no, you're, you're preaching the choir here. I actually like Mario Sunshine. I think there's a lot of cool things about that game. But the internet hates Mario Sunshine. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a weird... No, I'm sorry. You like Mario in the Thousand Year Door. I do. I do like that game. Uh, but yeah, it's a good, it's an interesting package, uh, but it's $60, it's full price. So that's $20 per game, $20 per game, essentially. 
And then on top of all of that, the weirdest decision that they made with this thing is, yes, it's only available for a limited time. So March 31st is the cutoff. Retail will not be carrying this anymore. It won't even be available digitally on the eShop after this date. For whatever reason, Nintendo is making sure that every purchase of this game happens before the end of the fiscal year. And I'm not really sure why, it just is. Um, bump those numbers up? I guess. There's a lot That's weird. It's like, why not just carry it over? Yeah. I know. Here because it, it drives up demand. It means you have to purchase it by this date, otherwise you lose it, which means it counts for that fiscal year. So I'm not letting any of those, like, uh, like all those complaints are 100% valid. I agree mm-hmm. with all the people who are maybe doubting that this is a good package and worth the $60, and especially considering the weird timed exclusivity. That being said, I pre-ordered this day one because I <laughs> love Mario 64. And yes, all that's valid, but still, I want to play Mario 64. And right now, I don't have a way to play Mario 64. So I'm going to buy the thing that lets me play Mario 64, right? As someone who has never played any of these Mario games, I have not pre-ordered it. You should. You should. That being said, I'm going to walk yeah. into Target and buy it day one, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You should check these out because, yeah, I love Mario 64. Actually, no, scratch that. I got an anniversary coming up in like two months. I think you'll love it. There you go. Uh, but yeah, so... They're all three good games in different ways, I think. I like Mario 64 better than the other two, just because it hit me at the right time, you know, as a little seven-year-old just getting into video games. Um, Sunshine's good. Like I said, I think it's a little underrated. I think people give it a hard time because of its difficulty. It is hard. It does have more, like, difficulty spikes. Like, for instance, I've 100%ed Mario 64, uh, but I have not even gotten close to getting even the end of the normal game in Mario Sunshine. Oh, poor baby. And Galaxy's great, but Galaxy is a different kind of game. It's the levels are more compartmentalized. It's not big on exploration. It's a little bit more focused, but it also looks beautiful. It has some really cool mechanics and it has probably what most people can agree on, the best soundtrack of any of the Mario games. So they each And it have, has Rosalina. Yeah, it has Rosalina. It's where Rosalina comes from. So yeah. So all three uh, of them. No, she comes from Luigi. Gross. Um, that is a valid theory, and I like it. You just derailed this entire. That just ruined everything. Okay, so let's go down the next Super Mario 3D World. That was a Wii U game. So this yeah. is another instance of Nintendo bringing over something that nobody played on the Wii U to the Switch. This makes sense. Um, I'm surprised to see this next year. I don't know why they don't just put this out in December. Uh, but yeah, seeing that it's um, going to get to a new audience with new content, that's cool. I'm glad they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Uh, I have nothing to add because yeah. I didn't play it. Wait, now, no, I played the 3D Land for the 3DS, which is different from 3D World, uh, which is the Wii U. Yeah. Then Mario Kart. You've played a Mario Kart. I've played Mario Kart Deluxe 8 on the Switch. Deluxe, and I yeah. played Mario Kart Go, Go Kart, Kart Go on the mobile when it came out for like two months. So, this game, does this sound interesting at all to you? Or are you just doing what I'm doing, which is I don't have space for this? I don't have space for it. <laughs> I don't have kids for it. Yeah. But if I have a five year old and I want to play Mario Kart with them <laughs> in my living room, or more aptly, in my driveway. Yeah, it sounds like fun. 
It's an interesting concept. I think that if the, the, the make of the vehicles is good enough to go outside, it could be even better. Um, but yeah, I don't know if a lot of people have enough home space to make this actually a compelling experience like Nintendo thinks they do. Um, so it's neat. It's a neat idea and the technology behind it is cool. It's a little pricey at $100 for the game and a cart. Mm -hmm. Can you only get one? Also, the fact that there's two, right? No, it oh. is a pack of one because there's either Mario or either or Luigi at mm -hmm. launch. You can either buy Mario, the Mario one, or the Luigi one. Well, I guess that's because you need it in your actual Switch to play it. Right. So you're going to have to have multiple Switches anyways for this to work. So that's why they don't bother with multiplayer ones. Uh, but down the line, you know they're going to sell like Amiibo style. They're going to sell additional kart racers for this thing. They yep. have. There's no, like, there's, this is what this is. It's set up for having a whole Mario Kart, like, Well, you know, as soon as, like, they add, um, not Toad, but Princess Peach and Yoshi to it, oh, yeah. people are climbing all over it. If yeah, they're not already. A lot, of, a lot of carts in the coming years. So yeah. it's, it works as a, as a platform in that way. So, but yeah, it's neat. It's, I don't know it's for me at all, but it's neat. Yep, I like the idea of it. I like the idea of the AR version of it. And I like the idea of the Super Mario 35. It's kind of a neat way to do Battle Royale with Mario Brothers. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, having the interaction between players being like, oh, I've sent more Goombas your way. Like right when you were going to make a jump. Too bad, there's a Goomba in front of you now. You died. Like that sounds fun, but it also sounds potentially really frustrating. Um as those Mario games are already pretty frustrating as it is. Um, oh, I just realized the one thing that was from this, uh, this uh, direct that I didn't include here. They're putting out a Game & Watch, an actual physical remade Game & Watch that looks like the old Game & Watch handheld systems. But that's an alarm clock. So, except their new one is going to play Super Mario Brothers, the original Super Mario Brothers on it. Mm -hmm. It will also have clock functions that will be Mario themed, and it will also have a version of the Game & Watch game Ball, which is basically your juggler. Mario juggling. juggling. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be $50 uh, by this Christmas, so it's a nice stocking stuffer kind of thing for people who like that kind of thing. I don't really need a dedicated handheld that only plays Mario Brothers, so I'm not really interested in it. But it's right. neat. It looks like a Game & Watch. I don't know. And that is it. That was the news. Yeah, um, I like the Mario Brothers 35. I think it's fun and speedrunning-esque. Yeah, similar. Very similar to that. Uh, but yeah, is that, that, is, that is free, right, for Switch? That is included with the Switch Online service. So if you right. already are uh, paying for Switch, Nintendo Switch Online, you will get access to uh, Mario Brothers 35, just like Tetris. Right, but that won't be until... March 31st. No, that will be until, until. March 31st, just like All-Stars. Both right. of those are available soon, but will stop being available at the end of March. Because exclusive time for 2020 fiscal year. Yes, so something. Because Nintendo. Uh, because Disney Vault. Yeah, because Disney Vault. That's a comparison everyone else is making as well. Yep. All right, that's it. That was all the Nintendo stuff. All right, did you play anything? Nothing new. No, nothing new. Oh, and they um, announced the new uh, Hyrule Warriors today. That happened this morning. Which oh, is their... yeah, Hyrule Warriors, the age. Age of 
Calamity? Yeah. yeah. Age of Calamity, because its plot takes place before Breath of the Wild. Like during the Calamity War. Yeah, so if you like that stuff... Uh, the War of Calamity be, or whatever. Uh, that's going to be November, so that's going to be the last, it seems, big Nintendo release for 2020. So mm-hmm. that's it. We're done with video games. We know all the big video games that are coming out. That was the last... It's, until tomorrow when Sony announces its price point. <laughs> Maybe, we'll see. And then you, you text me in the morning, this is why we should do shows on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I've given up on them. It's like, even if they say a price point, that's not as big when Microsoft beat them to the point. Right. So, we'll see. We'll see if they do. Okay. And then with that, that'll do it. We're done. Do it. With another episode. We're all done. All right. Uh, let's plug away with what we have. Yes. Thank you for watching us. Uh, thanks for joining us for the Media Boat Podcast this week. If you want to see us on tape, well, digital tape, on YouTube, we're on YouTube. Search Media Boat Podcast on there. Find our page. You can see all our previous episodes as well as this one. You can see, uh, you can also hear us on podcasts in podcast form if you're more of a traditionalist by going to podcast services such as Apple Podcasts and searching Media Boat Podcast there. You can find us on social media. On Twitter, our handle is at Media Boatcast. On Facebook, we may or may not have a page if you search Media Boat Podcast there. On Twitch.tv, we have occasional streams, like you've been doing PGA Tour 2K21. Yes, which I realized that I am too good at that game now, and I need to up my difficulty. But I can't until I finish the tournament. So I'll just start. I'll just keep winning tournaments then. Keep winning. Oh, it so sucks to win constantly. No. (laughs) No, it doesn't. Um, And then, yeah, and then uh, that'll do it. Thank you. Oh, and yeah, and some writing on mediaboatpodcast.com if you want to check that out. Or email us at mediaboatpodcast at gmail.com. That too. You can do that. All those things and more. So thank you for joining us. We'll be back next week for another show. Thank you for watching and we'll be back next week. Yep. More thoughts, more news, more things next week, every week coming at you. Coming at you. Bye. Bye.